The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Tote Plus at tote.co.uk. Thank you, Tawala, as we approach the weekend's betting and the best bets. The guru himself, Mr. Rory DeLarge. Rory, are you feeling better from our last show? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm on my way to getting better, but you have to, you know, you have to go through some very snotty stuff on the way there. But yeah, it's not um, it's not a bundle of laughs no, uh, just at the moment. Not really, no. Uh, neither of us are feeling the best. Neither of us have COVID either, so we're the first two people in the world to actually have the flu. Apparently, amazing, yeah, amazing, because no one's had the flu in the last year and a half. Right, we're looking at Haydock and briefly at Chester for the weekend. Rory's so excited he can't wait. Hey. Uh, next week on the show on Monday, Rishi Passat is here to break down all this action. We'll talk about it a lot more as well. And um, then we're previewing the Derby. Uh, the Oaks, Coronation Cup and Derby and uh, the whole weekend at Epsom as well. So that's to come on Thursday. We're also talking to one of the stars of the new film Dream Horse which has an all-star cast, so I'm really looking forward to watching it tonight. They've sent me a screener and talking to one of the cast members as well. It's all about the story of Dream Alliance, and um, you will hear that on Monday's Final Forlorn podcast, uh, as far as I know. Is that right, Tuala? Yeah, Monday's Final Forlorn podcast. We're doing the interview tomorrow, but we're going to release it as part of Monday's show. All right, the 145 at Haydock. Currently, the going at uh, Haydock is soft, as we record on Thursday. Uh, this is the six furlong handicap class three, the Betway handicap to give them their due. Um, betting as we have it, Capote's dream, heads the betting at 11 to two, Bielsa 13 to two. And then we're looking at double figure prices with Cold Stare, uh, Punchball Flyer, and Musicality, uh, and Concierge at tens. So Rory, what takes your fancy here? Um, I'm trying to work out the draw in the first place. First of all, I'm going was um, uh, was heavy in advance of this card after last weekend. Yes, that's right. Um, but now the summer's hit us, so uh, we may we may have a couple of drying days, mm. um, and um, the going may not be may not be too bad at Haydock and the Anathol. Good to soft might be might be closer to the mark, um, but it's a big field, and I would I'd say high to mid. Um, will be where I want to be. I wouldn't want to be drawn very low. I'm not sure I want to be drawn right against the um, the stands real um, um, either. But the, the pace in the race um, would appear to be uh, possibly a punchable flyer, who's well suited by um, uh, by this sort of test, um, and possibly hyper focus, um, who was disappointing at York. Um, the other day, but um, probably would have needed that run and tends to go very well at Haydock. As a rule, didn't last time I backed it. But yeah, and, and Hyperfocus uh, has plenty of speed, so he's he could lead the field from stall 11. And he's a player here. You know, if you want to uh, overlook, he's you know his, his last three runs have not been particularly good, but he's, he's that kind of horse. He sort of handicaps himself um, when he's not in form. And Tim Easter is not is the kind of trainer who doesn't believe they they um they earn their keep standing in their boxes. Um and he hits the mark every season. Um well beaten on his um 
uh, on his debut for this yard before winning a couple of starts later. Um, well back that day, well beaten on his reappearance last year. Um, uh, but it took him a while to hit top form last year. It was he he didn't really. Well, in fact, he went to Royal Ascot on the second start. It was a funny old season last year. Uh, his reappearance obviously came at, at the start of June, the second day of racing. Um, and he was Royal Ascot on his next start. So he didn't really click until until getting on soft ground in September. And soft ground suits him very well. So if it stays soft, Hyperfocus could be um, could be a significant player here. Uh, what price did you throw him out among your prices there? The price for Hyperfocus is 20 to 1. Yeah, no, so that's the, he'd be of interest at that kind of price. Um. You know, he's not. He's not. Um, he's not prolific, um, but um, he's run good races here. Um, he's won four. Um, uh, this jockey, David Allen, won one on him um, when he first moved to to uh, to Mr. Uh, and he's on a good mark. He's on a mark of uh, of eighty seven. That's only a pound higher than we're winning here in September with Rachel Richardson riding. Mm. So yeah, he'd be um, he'd be on my shortlist, and I think Solid Evans is probably a pretty good place to be. So I wouldn't be against him. Um, I was a bit disappointed the cold stare went to Goodwood last weekend over seven furlongs rather than running over this course and distance the following day. He's um, he's capable of popping up at some stage this season. He's not the most reliable in the world, but he does want very soft ground. Um, and he's a course and distance winner. Um, but as I said, it's slightly odd that they didn't run him here last week. And he was... <laughs> He ran a respectable race at Goodwood, and he handles Goodwood as well. Uh, but he's drawn a stall two, and I'm not sure stall two is the place I'd want to be in this field. Uh, who else did we mention early on there? Punchable Flyer is interesting for Eve Johnson Horton. Um, he's another one who handles uh, very testing ground. Again, you know, do be slightly careful with the going at this meeting. Um, keep an eye on the weather forecast and, and the advance going. We could be looking at soft ground, but we could we could be somewhere near good come the weekend. Um, if the weather is fair, so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be banking on the ground being very testing, but that does suit Punchbowl Flair. He bounced back to form last time out when winning at, um, uh, at Windsor, and although he's gone up five pounds from that, um, he is largely progressive. You know, last two last two races on heavy ground, he's been an impressive winner. Um, he was he won at Newbury in October as well, um, and he progressed through last season. He's a sort of dream ahead, so this kind of ground. Um, suits him well and he was back to front running when winning last time that was in a smaller field but he'd still um, he'd still be of interest here Five point I might just find him out but he's in the right class um, and Bielsa he's been a bit disappointing for a while he had a big big reputation uh, he won his uh, he won his early starts and looked like he was going to be very good in fairness he's been reasonably highly tried uh, and rarely um, disgraced he ran in the in the Air Gold Cup uh, last season, um, he has run pretty well on his last three starts, either side of a seasonal break. He's uh, he finished fifth um, at York in October and again um, at the Dante meeting last time out um, of a mark of 96. He slipped in the weights to 95. Uh, cheek pieces he wore last time out are uh, retained. And he's still lightly raced for six-year-old Bielsa, so... He's a player as well, John is still 14 if there is a bias towards the, the high numbers and they'd be dragged into the race as well. 
uh, by hyperfocus. He'd sit just behind the pace. So he's one to bear in mind as well. And the favorite Capote's dream, like he's coming at a stall nine. He would need the ground to improve, but if it does over this distance, he's what, three from four? Yes, and as you said, you know, there's, there's every chance the ground is going to get um, better. Tom Ward, who trains them, has been in very good form this season. Uh, his wins have been on polytrack at Kempton and then on good ground at Windsor last time, and he does handle fast. But he's by a dream ahead. Um, and although he was well beaten when, when he last raced on heavy ground, that was a, that was over a mile at Goran, and he probably didn't say the trip that day. He's, he's um, unsurprisingly... Um, improved stepping back to six furlongs this season uh, for Tom Ward. And um, he's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about the ground for him. I can't, I can't believe that um, that he won't go on softish ground. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously improved this season. He's improved on two different surfaces. I think he's just clicked, really. So he's he's an obvious enough one. I'm not mad to be, to be without knowing exactly how the ground is going to turn up or where you want to be in the track to be piling into favourites at this stage. But he would have to be on your shortlist if you're looking at this. Uh, Tom Marconti was on board him last time. Right, again, Tom Ward continues in form. Um, he's had a good season. Um, 12 winners um, this year from 70 runners for Tom. I should, you know, there was a lot of promise from the yard last season. Beginning to build on it now. And um, yeah, a trainer to keep on side. Uh, just as a quick bloodstock side note, the only horse that I can identify as uh, being in training in the UK, well, there's two. There are two horses in the UK in training for West Vesterberg, who is the new man of Coolmore, the new heavy hitter that the lads have welcomed in, the founder of Opal's grandson, who's a multi-billionaire. Uh, he's got Missile, with John and Teddy Gosden, and the horse that runs in this race, Helvizia, with Frankie Dettori on board, and Rafe Beckett. But that's it. That's all he has in the UK. Everything else is with Aidan O'Brien, or Andre Fab. So, I'm not saying that that horse is going to win. Just keep an eye on him, because he's a heavy hitter, and a big, big player, and we're only going to hear... Yeah, we had the, um, he had the... The, the good Philly who won the uh, Learning Fields and Oaks trial last year, didn't he? And then went on to win in Germany. Yes. John Costa yes. last year. Yes, but retired to stud now. Well, you are right. Yeah. And um, I, look, I guess if you can get access to Aidan O'Brien, why would you bother? Yeah, well, it's, interest, it's interesting that Helvetia is is um, running here. That's the first run of the season. Um, and it's... it's um, um, it's a an interesting move dropping her back to to six furlongs. She was tried up to a mile um, in her first season. Didn't race as a as a two year old. Um, improved uh, last season, winning a maiden at Chepstow, uh, and then um, getting placed in listed company at um, at Goodwood on her final start. But she stayed seven furlongs pretty well on both of those occasions. And whether she wants a, a drop of six furlongs is another matter. But she's um. She's unexposed, so um, I, I don't think that list of race she was third in was, was a particularly strong one. No, I don't um, so. but, but at the same time, you know, she's not had, she's only had two tries outside of Maiden Company, um, so there could be a bit of upside to her. Yeah, yeah, she could be an interesting one. She could be an interesting one. Whether or not this trip is going to be ideal for her remains to be seen. Frankie Dettori is booked for Rafe Beckett 11s and is the one of only two horses that he has in training in the UK. Uh, everything else is at Andre Fabs or 
Aiden O'Brien's. So make of that what you will. Uh, right, the 220 at Haydock. El Astronaute is your favorite. Mosgill, he's fours. Mosgill, fives. Kings Lynn is a best price six to one. Uh, Tarabouche, 13 to two. And uh, then we're going to go on uh, pretty much any price you want. Um, so I was talking to you off air, but El Astronaute, he quite appealed to me here for John Quinn, but you weren't necessarily in agreement, so I may have to rip up my notes and go elsewhere. No, listen, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful horse, El Astronaut. You would be delighted um, to have the likes of um, of him and, indeed, Safe Voyage, who runs later on um, in your stable, and you'd be delighted to own the pair of them, as, as Ross Harmon does. Yeah, so I'm not going to knock um, El Astronaut at all. He's been an absolute star um, for Connections. And um, he's liable to run another solid race here again. He's drawn. He's drawn high. Um, that wasn't a mass. It wasn't an advantage last week in smaller fields, um, but it can be. It can be in bigger fields. We've seen that in the past. Um, Hayden's a funny, a funny place that the. Um, there's often a draw bias, but it does swing around a little bit. Um, it's not one to rely on. He goes very well fresh. He's shown that in the past, um, but he was a wee bit disappointing after winning at Doncaster last season. So whether he goes on uh, from his defeat of Kings Lynn at, uh, at Chester last time out, I'm not entirely sure. He's he certainly waited to confirm form um, because they meet on um, they meet on level terms here. He won by three quarters of a length after blasting away as he usually does last time out. And he was giving three pounds to to, uh, to Kings Lynn that day, so he's actually three pounds better off for beating this horse last time. Um. um I think Kings Lynn is capable of better. The question is whether he's going to do it on this trip, though. Um, the the five at Haydock is, is um, gives him slightly more chance than the turning five at Chester. I like Kings Lynn. I think there's um, he's not had much racing since his two year old days, um, and he's been thrown in the deep end a couple of times. He was um, he was of course favourite for the uh, for the Silver Cup at Air. Um, last season, um, having just won a novice uh, prior to that, um, I say much more novice. Um, he'd, he'd won the sales race at um, uh, at Doncaster as a two-year-old, and had been beaten in a novice on his, on his reappearance last year. Um, he's run very well over five furlongs of both starts this season. Whether he wants six again, you know, his his win came over six and a half furlongs, um, and he's been running at, at five this season. I think he'd benefit from from a um, a longer trip, but um, it may well be that he's capable of, of getting closer to El Astronauti here because um, he'll. Uh, I think he'd be better suited um, by the straight track. I think the turning track very much suited El Astronauti. It suits early speed, obviously, if you're able to nip around in front. And a horse like Kingsley, he's quite a quite a big, long striding horse. Um, might you know might need a, a a straight track, and ideally a track with a with a stiffish finish to to. Um, uh, to bring his stamina into play at, at the minimum trip. Um, but I think it's a good race in Kings Lynn. But again, he's kept it five furlongs here and maybe um, maybe that'll um, that'll stop him. Um, if it does, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. Um, I'm not against, as I said, I'm not against El Astronauti. He's just, he's just going to be a short enough price for me. And I'm always looking for the, uh, for the value angle. Al Jardi um, should come on um, for his run in the in the Palace High, so that was a little bit disappointing mm. um, last time out. Um, uh, but um, 
um, prior to that, um, you know, his form last season uh, on good to soft ground was, was pretty solid. And if he's back to the best of that form, I think he'd have every chance. Um, Charlie Bishop writing for, for Robert Kyle. Um, what about our old friends? Uh, yeah, Warner? listen, if, if, there's a, if there's a bias to the real, then they're going to struggle to get past the last Yeah, But it, it doesn't always happen that way at, um, at Haydock, so I'm not entirely sure how it'll, how it'll pan out. Um, Al Jari is certainly an interesting one. Moskill, um, if you're going to put a line through his last run, which came in the Alcohol Sprint, he was pretty consistent last year. Um, his standout effort, I suppose, came when, when third uh, in the Nunthorpe. Um, he's only beaten only beaten three lengths there in that, in that um, group one. I'm not inclined to take that form at face value, though. Um, the Nunthorpe was a funny race. Um, York was a slightly strange meeting uh, there in terms of the um, A, the going, and B, the, um, there was quite a strong um, side wind as well that day, which seemed to have an effect on, on races on the sprint course. And one or two horses didn't um, didn't give their running. Uh, I thought he was a little bit flattered by his proximity in the end. Uh, and that's, you know, the rest of his form gives you an idea of where he was. He's been in a listed company in his next couple of starts. Um, it was disappointing and nothing on this sort of grind. That, that's the worry with him now is he's um, he looked very reliable a year ago. And he's now um, shown the ability to run the, the occasional a moderate race. Perhaps it was a long season when he was disappointing at Nottingham. Um, and you'd certainly forgive him the run in Maidan. He's not always the best out of the stalls. Um, that was the case at Nottingham when he was um, when he was down the field in the in the rice sticks. Um, and if he does get away on terms, he's got a big chance. Um, but then again, when we say getting away on terms, the question is how much ground he's going to be conceding in the first hundred yards to El Astronauti, who's lightning off the blocks. If he can keep the grind that he gives away down to down to a couple of lengths, he can win this. Um, but there've been a couple of occasions when he's um, he's lost it at the start. He's drawn his little six, so if he doesn't get away well, he, he's he's already a long way from El Astronauti, and it's possible that the rail is favoured. And if that's the case, I think he's he, he'll have an uphill task um, getting on terms. But as I said, they, they put some cheek pieces on him for the first time. That might sharpen him up at the stalls. If it does. I said on the ratings, he's got a big chance. Um, can you throw me prices out again? Yes, I can indeed. Uh, the price for Moss Gill is currently fives. Yeah, he's he's, um, he's the right price rather than value at that. At, you know, at those odds at the moment because it doesn't. It marginally takes a kind of um, the poor run last time out and um, and one or two of his potential issues. But yeah, both both, both Al Jari and Mosgill have the ability to beat Al Astronauti um, if uh, if they show their best form. But it might be that um, um, that they uh, they struggle to um, to lay a glove on him if he's if he's in the same kind of form as he was um, last time out. This race was run at um, at Doncaster last year mm. uh, when Al, Ast- Al Astronauti won it. Um, that was his first run of the season, and then he disappointed at York in his next start. So there is a slight question mark as to whether he will run the same race here as he did at Chester, given that, again, was his seasonal reappearance. Um, Tarbush was second to him last year, um, and uh, uh, Tarbush is in here again, um, having had a, a pipe opener in the uh, Scottish Sprint Cup um, at Musselburgh. Um, my worry with that was that that was eight weeks ago, and we haven't seen him since. Um, that's a worrying gap for me. 
you could argue he's been laid out for this race, but I don't really think that's Paul Midgley's style. Um, so that puts me off him. And suddenly, I'm, you know, it's a little bit of a struggle now to find um, to find really solid ones. Mosagali comes into it um, on the pick of uh, of his form last season, but that mostly came on fast ground. Yeah, good to firm um, and firm when he won at Bath last season. Seemed very well suited. The ground is often on the fast side at Bath, and in between that, um, he was very disappointing in the Grace and Wilfred. So whether you know whether it's going to quicken up enough for Motagali to come into the equation, I don't know. Glamorous Anna is a very likable filly, but um, she wants to make all the running, and I don't think she's got the speed to lead El Astronauti either. So you're almost coming round to to getting with the favourite by default here. Yeah. The more I heard you talk, the more I strengthened the case for um, for my boy, El Astronaut. Yeah. I should mention our old friend Ornid. I, mean, well, I, you know, I, I asked you about him earlier on, and, and you just kind yeah. of kicked on. But yeah, what about our old friend Ornid? Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's, um, we haven't seen him for 10 weeks. And he's kind of bald uh, by, the, by the draw, if, if you're right. I think, well, I think Stoll one probably does from. Um, but in saying that, we haven't so you'll get an idea from the previous race if there's if there is a bias in the ground and we're looking at a ground that's drying out from heavy um it's it's rare for a track to dry out evenly across the track um and it may well be there's a faster strip on the far side if that is the case then ornate comes into the equation but um he's been uh off the track now for 10 weeks and that's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a concern um for me i'll have a, i'll dig back through his record and see what his record is after um, after similar similar breaks. But you want if you're packing a horse after a break, you need to be backing a horse with a proven record of winning um, after a break. And and once you get into sort of ten week territory, it's the same season, but it's still a significant layoff. He has been um, he has won after a break before once, um, and he's um, and he's, he's yeah he. he he managed to finish he won after second. Fifty-four days off at at Newmarket. Yeah, and he managed um, but he to finish was, second he was, after two hundred and two days off. But that's it. Yeah, tenth on his reappearance last year. And essentially, you look at more the, the older these sprinters get, the, the lazier they tend to get at mm. home. The harder they are to get fit. Um, and even if a horse has won fresh in the past, um, the older they get, the less likely they are to suddenly bounce out. So he might need the run as well. Um, you know, he's he's a horse who, who on a real speed favoring track, um, you, you gotta keep him on side because uh, and we saw that a couple of times last season. And um, we were a little unlucky not to collect it at Goodwood with him when he oh, showed amazing speed. God. We had a lot of fun for our money that day. But oh, I'm not sure I want to be with him here. That hurts so much. And he was such a big price. he was an insane price. What was he? A thousand to one? No, seriously though, he was a, he was a bonkers price that day. We almost had it right off. He was yeah, he was he was twenties plus without the favorite. Without the favorite, yeah. And, and listeners were backing him each way as well. It was like oh god, and he, yeah, that was it. He was a hundreds. Oh my god, he was a hundred to one, and he finished third in a seven runner race. Salavi, listen. Um, what I would recommend people do is look at um, uh, look at Hate Up on Friday. Good and try advice. to get half an idea of what's going on. But again, you know, the, the, you know, if it's if it's fine on Friday, it'll still be drying out between Friday and Saturday as well. Uh, check check what track they're running on as well. Um, I can do that now. It wouldn't be very good broadcasting to dig out the old BHA site because they can, um, like a lot of tracks, they can they can race in two different um, uh, configurations of the straight. 
Uh, so what you see one day is not necessarily what you get the next day. So don't assume that um, if it appeared to be a, um, uh, a bias towards high numbers on, on one occasion, you're going to get that again. But then again, on the Friday meeting, there are three races on the straight track and they're all small fields, seven, five and eight. So I don't think, I think there's very little to learn from that. I think the draw um, is, is often a different beast in a 15, 16, 17 runner race than it is in a, a field half that size. So <clears throat> All races on Saturday will be around the standside track. Um, have you checked Friday? Uh, that's Saturday. Yeah, I think Friday might be the different configuration. I think what they tend to do is keep the ground fresh for the for the Saturday meeting. All races will be running the inner home straight. There was a, there was a message at uh, yeah, so the, so that's the uh, that's the spot on that's the other side. So we learn nothing from Friday. So ignore it. Don't bother with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, just be careful of whatever lessons you think you're learning on Friday. Yeah. Um, interesting. So there was a was a message at um, at Cheltenham for their, their last meeting, um, saying that all races will be on the round course, <laughs> which, which, which is is strictly true. But it's not necessarily the best way of um, of advertising. Ah, oh, the old straight course at Cheltenham. I haven't used that in a while, have they? Um, but what they meant was. Two and a half mile races tend to start on the spur, yes, of the, of the center. <laughs> yeah. So that was that the, the damage crime they couldn't use it. So you just gonna say, We're not using the spur, don't say it's, we're, we're racing on the round course. Of course, you're racing on the round course for crying out loud. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh god, thanks, John. Basically, basically, that. just 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 to sum up the Achilles six, I'd really like to back Kings Lynn against El Astronauti. Um, but I'd rather this was up about 100 yards further, or maybe 50 yards further, that might be enough. But unfortunately, it's not. It's five furlongs dead. Mm. Um, and it might just be that, um, that everything's set up for, for El Astronauti. Yeah, the more you've previewed this race, the more you've just strengthened my opinion that El Astronauti is going to win. So I'm, I'm going to stick with him. But... Um... He's he's won back to back um, uh, three times before El Astronauti. I mentioned his form last season when he when he won well in this race on his reappearance, although it was at Doncaster, and then he disappointed on his next start before bouncing back. Um, that suggests that you know maybe he's going to blow out in his second start. But I, you know his overall record shows that he has backed up good runs um, several times in the past. So mm. you know. Um, Maybe the blindingly obvious, which is that El Astronauti gets an easy lead on the favourite part of the track, is just the takeaway from the race. And looking at other options um, might be folly. Take the four to one as we move to Chester and preview the Tote Plus pays you more at tote.co.uk handicap. Again, all these races are live on ITV. Isn't it a shame that it's ITV? Are covering this weekend, and it was ITV4 covered last weekend. And last weekend was um, a cracking weekend's racing. This weekend, yes, it's a, it's, yeah. it's a pity you couldn't swap the, the pair of them around. Yeah. Well, actually, last weekend wasn't wasn't a particularly good weekend either. Um, this is half the problem. Half the problem with the flat season. Is, <clears> we had the Curra, and it was what? on ITV. Oh no, no, the Curra, the Curra is not in the UK. That was we're doing we're doing a UK preview now. But it was on the ITV. 
Yes, I, well, it wasn't all on ITV. They should one race for crying out loud. <laughs> right. True. True enough. Last, the domestic action in the UK last week wasn't particularly good. Uh, and this is, um, as I'm saying, this is half the problem with um, flat racing as a product at the moment. You you reach these peaks, and then just as you're getting excited, you end, you, you fall back into a weekend of, of fairly moderate fare. Um, and then, you know, the derby comes along. It's like, hey, it's the derby. And then you get a couple of dreadful weekends. And then you're into Royal Alaska. It's like, hey, Royal Alaska. And then you get some absolute rubbish after that. And, you know, you, you have the, the big meetings sort of pull you through the season. But they end up with lots of lots of very, you know, Saturdays that have got really busy schedules. But racing that doesn't make a huge amount of appeal. Yeah. Uh, whereas jumping, you know, overall jumping gets gets some um, flack for um, its focus on Cheltenham. Um, the Saturday fair through the jump season Brilliant. is very is reliable. It's always very good um, as long as you get the meetings on. Whereas the flat season, just a lot of these, a lot of the, the Saturday meetings are just um, a bit of a turn off to um, uh, to stay at home punters. But you know that's that's the way it's been. That's that's a that's a that's a feature that people have been aware of for a long time and. Um, whether whether it changes or not, and it's not an easy thing to change either. It's not it's not just a case of um, asking the BHA to, to to see what turns people off and then change it. Because if racecourses want to race on Saturday, the BHA cannot force them not to. Mm. Yeah, you know, if no one wants to put on good meetings uh, on a Saturday, and again, I'm I'm the kind of guy who wants the derby back on a Wednesday. So, oh, for God's um, sake! Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. We do on have a Wednesday public holiday. <laughs> Let everyone go. We do. We do have, uh, I should say, the the fact that the uh, the Sandown card is on tonight as we're recording on on Thursday, but it's not a great. It, it's one of the weakest Sandown cards that I've seen for. Yeah, it's before. not. It, it, it's not a great. It's a lovely card. And oh, it's, it's a really it's a great track. It's a tremendous. It's you know, it's a tremendous night out. It's a, it's a yeah. great track to have an evening meeting. We've at been Sandown. there together. It's brilliant. Yeah, and it is. It's tremendous. Um, and I would I would recommend it to to anyone if you can get there. Because you've got, you've got whatever you want at Sandown. Um, you can you can get away from the crowds, or you can get in the middle of the crowds, and you can, you know, the the there are plenty of bars, pints um, as are, far as know. the eye can see. But you know, if you if you don't want if you don't want that kind of um, uh, you know the 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 really busy aspect of it, it's easy enough to get you know um, to get out on the far side of the um, um, of the on Saturday enclosure towards the um, the. The, the pre-parade ring and stuff like that there and it feels very peaceful as well so mm. it's um it's got a lot going for it and and you get a great view of the racing as well um and it's a it's a, pl- a more pleasant place to be in the evening i think than than um um particularly than a saturday afternoon yeah i'd agree i'd agree if if you can go if you're listening to this today and you can go tonight you're allowed because we're still not allowed to go anywhere in ireland not that we're bitter uh, then go by all means, but um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Right, uh, the Chester Tote Plus pays you more at tote.co.uk handicap is a not to 105 race for four year olds and over. Uh, good to soft is the current forecast, but again, Rory is thinking that perhaps, perhaps the weather might change. Uh, stalls are on the inside, and um, it's a quarter of the odds first three with most firms. If you're uh, stalls on the inside for this race, that's what they're saying. 
Okay. That's what they're saying. This is, they often they often put the stalls on the outside for for seven and a half furlongs. Well, I double check with the BHA just to be sure, and you can, uh, you can entertain our our listeners. No, because I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go for something that's gonna miss the brick anyway. So <laughs> oh, I think I have I think I have that worked out actually. Okay, the current betting. Fours. Another bat, nine to two. Uh, Boardman, eleven to two. King's Knight is nines. Hey Jonesy, nines. Arizano is tens, and Vera Serendipity is twelves. And then it's any price you want. Pretty much the rest are pretty much similar enough prices uh, to those. Um, right then, Rory, who's going to miss the kick? Boardman, but I'm not sure it'll stop him winning. Nice. The obvious horse in this race is, is Edge Jalab. He was ahead of another bat last time out um, over course and distance, despite being badly drawn. Um, he gets the uh, the inside stall um, this time around, Edge Jalab. Um, Richard King's got on board as well. He rides the track very well uh, in the same colours as um, that old course specialist, Sir Maximilian, as well. Um, he's, um, you know, you don't tell me any odds. I'd probably go with, uh, with Edge Jalab. Um, because he's going to jump out, be handy. Um, he should have a little bit more uh, toe into the bend than um, than Alexander James, um, who is making his debut for um, for Mick Appleby and would want further than this ideally. And he's definitely got more toe than than uh, more early toe. Um, than um, than Hey Jonesy or Boardman who are immediately outside him. Boardman in particular, um, he has been very impressive in two starts this season. Just looked a different horse. Um, he was um, wasn't much. It wasn't a huge one to like about him last season. He did run well here though. Um, after missing the break, um, recovered to finish fifth in a biggish field. Um, but then he turned up at um, at Haydock on his reappearance on heavy ground. And won very, very easily indeed. Won by four and three quarter lengths, um, with uh, with a ton in hand. The horse he beat that day, Fion, all but one last Saturday. She ran an absolutely huge race and traded tens on and got caught on the line and very bad ground. And she was an unlucky loser, I thought. Um, he then proved that was no fluke by bolting up again at York last time, um, off a mark of eighty. Um. And um, yeah, again, he, he beat a he beat a solid field. Uh, beats uh, Daniel's Fire by three and a half lengths um, with um, uh, Moll's Memory, who was the winner of that race at Haydock, who picked, was the one who picked um, Fiona up. Um, uh, she was um, she was fifth that day, so that form is solid. Now he's gone up ten pounds in the weight since then. Um, but the way he's won his, his starts this season suggests he's just a massively improved horse board. And I think he can win again. Now, uh, the concern obviously is getting behind at this track. Um, but he's um, he's in a good position um, that he can he can tuck in behind the three who will go forward in front of Meshtanab, Alexander James and Hay Jonesy. Um, and he shouldn't be last out of the first band. Uh, and then it's a case after that of just waiting for the gaps to arrive. And if you watch races at, at Chester these days, they've made every effort to ensure that if you're coming from behind, the, the uh, gaps will open up for you, particularly with a false reel. So I think he will get through late in the day. This should be a pretty strongly run race uh, with their slab going forward. Um, Alexander, I don't, we don't know how Alexander James is going to run because he's, he's having to start for a new stable. 
Um, but he he rests um uh he has raced handily in the past. He's not an easy one to to work out. Um hey Jones, he's got got um uh, got mid-race speed, he's a very good horse at this uh, at shorter trips when he wants to be. So it seems to me there's gonna be plenty of pace on here. Um, and the way that Sam Boardman has run this season suggests that a mark of 90 is not beyond him. Rob Hornby will take over from David Allen. Um, uh, but we already had a change of jockey on him. I mean, we didn't, didn't need one on the first time. I Dave Allen last time. Rob Hornby here. Um, I just think he's going to, you know, what he needs is a little bit of luck in running. Um, and if he gets it, I think he's going to um, take the world of beating again. Oh, I love that. Love that little final note of confidence there from Rory about Boardman. Um, that is in the two forty. Uh, in the uh, yes, the, the plus old plus e plus pays you more handicap. You want to explain that Talk joke? UK. Do you want to explain that joke? Well, Talk plus is a clever bit of it's a clever bit of advertising. The T's in Talk plus are also pluses. Yes, and you know which you kind of see in the logo. You see it even more if you get an email from them and they use the term Talk Plus in the text of the email, which which they did with what I got um, last time. And it does say plus O plus E. So it is the plus O plus E page or more at talk.go.uk handicap. Now, this, I should say, says so very, very clearly says read what you Talk see. Plus. It's the rules. <laughs> As I said to you beforehand, it's like the like the... Popular boy band Five Eyes. Five Eyes. Oh God, I so want to play a song from Five Eyes now. No, no, no. If you but, yeah, get everyone down, likes five baby. Eyes, <laughs> right. Uh, Till plus or plus O plus E, as Roy did argue would call it, but Till plus provides the biggest and best pool betting payouts available to racing fans, particularly to. Every fan out there who is fed up of bookmakers taking advantage of them and to the final forum podcast listeners who want that extra bit of gravy. Tote Plus is a new enhanced dividend on all of Tote's racing pools. You are now getting better value than ever before. And don't forget that the Tote SP guarantee hasn't gone away. You think that when they bring in a new promotion, a new product like this, that they'll do away with an old one. No, the Tote SP guarantee, that's still there. So if for some reason, Tote pay under the SP, well, congratulations, they will automatically match the SP. But on top of that, give you a 10% boost on top of your winnings. This applies to win bets, place bets, exactors. Rory knows I love a trifecta, place pots, Quad pots, scoop six, whatever you want. Thing is, you might be placing tote bets with an affiliate account. You may very well be placing tote bets with a partner site and thinking to yourself, oh, I'm getting great value here. This is fantastic. No, no, you're not. With the greatest of respect to those sites, they're not giving you tote plus. They're not giving you the tote SP guarantee they're not giving you the 10% bump in your winnings. You only get that if you bet directly with tote.co.uk, tote.ie, or through the official tote app available on the App Store and uh, Android Store as well. Full terms and conditions are available on tote.co.uk. 
BeGambleAware.org, obviously 18 plus, and uh, there is some serious gravy to take advantage of out there. They are literally giving money away. Take it. A 10% boost to all of your winnings only at tote.co.uk and the other sites, tote.e and the official tote app. 10% on top of your winnings with Tote Plus. Reach out. Take that free cash. Rory, we're on to the 255. Uh, we're back to Haydock. The current betting, as we have it, as we record on Thursday. Short price favorite, Kabbalata, 6-4. Oriental Mystique is threes. Laloon, uh, 100 to 30. Salsada is sevens. And Wait for the Lord, 16s. National Treasure Treasure is the outsider of the field. I can get you 40s if we really shop around. Uh, so this is the Betway Pinnacle Stakes Group 3 for Phillies and Mares. Again, the going right now has been updated to soft. What's your thoughts, my man? I didn't like it at all. <laughs> um, Let's make this quick. Um, Caballetta has got the best form in the race, but she has dipped below it um, on her last two starts. Been a long you know, Group 1 company in the uh, the British champion Philly and Mare Turf. Um, but then she's beaten double digits again in the uh, in the Middleton uh, behind Queen Power last time. Um, that was over a shorter trip than ideal for her, and she should step up on it. But the fitting of blinkers for the first time suggests that Roger Varian was expecting a better run from her last time and thinks she needs more motivation. If the blinkers work, she'll win. But that's a bit of a gamble. Um, I prefer If I'm back in a horse wearing first time blinkers, I'm, I'm hoping to get a biggish price about it uh, because of that uncertainty. Um, I think um, I might be tempted by La Lune, um, who was back to form when beating Afreya um, at uh, Nottingham uh, last time in the Nottinghamshire Oaks. Um, sh- her, she was better than um, better than her form suggested last season. She um, uh, she she ran poorly in her last couple of races, but. She was a good third at Newmarket in a mile and a half handicap that's worked out well um, before seeming not to stay on her next start. And um, again, she's not one who blew out in her final outing. Never really liked backing backing Phillies races because of this. Um, but she ran well last time. I don't think she would have needed the ground. It was good to firm at, at Nottingham. But she's got form, she's got form and heavy. This is probably her trip. Um, so she'll benefit from the from the uh, return to um to a shot, you know, it's slightly shy of a mile and a half, which I think is ideal for her. Um, she's got a little bit to find with Caballetta, but she looks a little bit more, you know, it would be slightly strange to call her a little bit more reliable given she's finished um, close to last on three of her last five starts. But yeah. I think she is fundamentally. So that that's roughly where I'm leaning there. But it's not, it's not a race that makes much appeal for betting at this stage at all. Okay. If you have to, if you want to put one in your... Tote, Lucky 63, Laloon is who will side with. So, uh, And the last race that we're going to preview of the day is a horse that Rory alluded to earlier on, Safe Voyage at the head of the market, 3-1, to one, with thanks. Closing all the time, 7-2 to two is currently the best price. Uh, Torah Strike is sixes, River Nymph, sixes, Glorious Journey, sevens, and Njord is uh, an 8-1 to one shot with um, Shane Foley coming over for the ride for Jessica Harrington. Um, so Safe Voyage, uh, last time out, was thumped by Palace Pier, but this is a big drop in class uh, down to Group 3 company and no Palace Piers or Order of Australia's. Uh, 
or one master is even to to be worrying about. Um, and he is a horse that you would love to own because he has been incredibly reliable throughout his career. He has, although he's now been last on his last couple of starts. Mm. Um, that, though, those uh, those those are common and, and wildly different conditions. Um, in Group One company, he'd be a lot happier back here, and he should be competitive. Um, I'd just be a little bit worried um, about whether that that run on the lock inch took a bit out of him because it was a it was a tough race. He was he was on the pace there, which is not where you wanted to be the way it panned out. Um, and it's certainly forgivable the way he dropped out that day. Interesting, uh, interestingly, given he's always had a reputation as a mudlark, he actually broke the track record at Epsom last season, um, and he doesn't need a hog deep at all. So if it turns if the ground dries out, it won't really bother him. He's won this race before, of course. He does have a penalty to defy, and that makes him vulnerable. Um, but he's also the kind of horse he's always just a little bit underrated um, in this sort of company. He's he's been. Um, He's been well worth uh, supporting. He's a dual Group 2 winner last season. It's a lower-class race, which is why he's given a little bit of weight away. But it's only it's only a £2. You know, he's only given £2 to uh, to Brad the Brief um, and then £5 maximum to the uh, to the others. Um, he should still be competitive. Uh, I prefer his chances to Glorious Journey, even though you can argue that Glorious Journey's best form um, gives him a better chance. He ran uh, very well at um, uh, King Abdulaziz racetrack in, in Saudi Arabia last time um, when only beaten a length of three quarters into fourth in the uh, the turf sprint. Um, that's it's called a sprint. It's almost seven furlongs. This is largely his trip and he should run pretty well. But um, I'd, I'd prefer a safe uh, voyage on balance um, of the pair of those. But it's a really open risk. Ken Ross could bounce back. He's been a bit disappointing in a couple of runs in Maytan, he's a horse who, who had a big reputation at two, yeah, um, and then struggled a little bit last season, but um, got himself back on track when winning a um, uh, the Hyde Sticks at uh, Kempton on his final outing. Again, well, whether he's the type of horse to flourish in Maytan, um, I would be a little bit wary of. I think he'll, I think he could still do better back on home soil. Um, and he's a player as well. What about um, our, our old friend Njord, who the last Njord, time Njord, again. the last time he, he came over to these shores, he plundered the Balmoral. Um, I'm obviously using the yeah, phrase th- plunder he, he won that well. He won by two and a quarter lengths. I thought mm. the Balmoral was a very misleading race, to be perfectly honest. But he had solid form in, in top handicaps all the way through last season. For me, he's more of a listed performer than he is a, um, a, a group three horse. Um, Sorry, Kate. There's not, there's not a, he ain't good enough. Well, no, he's not. Listen, he's, he doesn't. He doesn't have an awful lot to find. But you know, he's he does need to prove that he's up to up to group standards. Um, you know, he's been beaten in, in listed races um, three times. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, either side of that handicap win. Um, and at certain at certain levels, there's very little difference between top handicappers and group horses um, at certain trips. But I think this it just requires a little bit more of Njord. Um Similarly, River Nymph, he was really impressive at Asker. I thought his his win in the Victoria Cup last time out is probably uh, more reliable form than the Balmoral, which Njord won, even though Njord was an easier winner of his. Um, River Nymph is very much a seven furlong performer. Um, Njord um, has form um, at up to a mile and a quarter. 
Um, whether Njord's a real seven for a long performer, I don't know. River Nymph is. They tried him in a mile a couple of times last season after he won at Newbury and he was disappointing. And then he, he um, returned to the very pick of his form uh, when winning an Ascot. So he's a true seven for a long performer and I give him a decent chance here as well. But again, there's very little between them. We're getting down to Toro Strike and, and with thanks, um, who all have very little to find uh, on the pick of their form. I, I'd struggle to see Queen Jojo winning. Um, but obviously, you know, she won a Group 3 at York last season in the big field. I thought she was suited by the way that race um, panned out. They went very fast on the far side of the course that day. And she came from the back of the field on the near side, um, needed every yard of it. She treated a big price in running that day. I think that flatters her slightly. And she's the one that I would um, that I would struggle uh, to see winning this. But other than that, it's very open. I wouldn't want to take a short price about anything but there's about five or six results in here that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but I still wouldn't, I'd, I'd still be wary of giving up on Safe Voyage. Okay. You know, as I said, he always, um, the market tends to, to, to fancy all the horses above him um, when he's got every chance on paper. And I know he's got the penalty to carry here and that won't make it easy for him. But I, I still see him being very competitive. And I think he might be overpriced. It's just a question of whether that um, lock-ins run just took a bit out of him. So he's had only two weeks to recover from that by the time the yes. race goes off. Um, with the, with thanks, I was sort of leaning towards, but given your weather forecast... Well, with, machine, uh, with thanks just stri- strikes me as a horse who's, who's who's going to be short in the betting. What, what, what price is with thanks at the moment? Pretty much level with say, age at this point. He's 7-2. to two. Yeah, well, I see, I see. I see her. I see her getting shorter. Um, you know, the, the question is whether you think she improved a chunk to win the Athasi uh, at the end of last season, and she may have. But you know, that's a. I'm wary of horses who show improved form on heavy ground in November. Mm. Um, in fairness, her profile is a positive one. She's not been out of the two, um, but she may be in the listed race in her previous start. Um, at Goodwood and then you know she's a five length winner of the Athazi it looks like a huge performance on paper uh, and it may well be but I want to see a horse do that more than once before I back them and um, you know because she's trained by William Haggis and she's she's got the form figure she has and she's open to she'll look open to improvement as a four year old with, with a likely race profile I see her being a short price on the day um, and that's why I'm kind of I'm, I'm not I'm not dead set against her I'm, I just struggle to find value with horses having her profile. She did finish second in a race on officially good ground, but really her best form comes on heavy and it's looking... Yeah, well. oh yeah, it was, it was, it was, she, was, she was second in a novice yeah. um, at, at Thirst and, you know, she wouldn't she wouldn't win this race. She only beat the nose. Um, she wouldn't be winning it on that. And the fact that Jim William Haggis has, run, has managed to find heavy ground for four of her five starts suggests he thinks that's important. I don't think this is going to be heavy ground come the weekend either. Mm. No, you're you're pretty adamant about Again, that. Again, you know, we've got to keep an eye on the, on the weather and, and see how it pans out. And remember... And God does hate Haydock, so... <laughs> Rory Delargy always comes out with some kind of bombshell that just you don't expect. Just remember that when you're watching Haydock uh, on Racing TV on Friday, it's not going to apply to Saturday because it's a different track. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. So having previewed these races, you were interested in a big price horse in the opening race, which from memory was Hyperfocus. For Tim Easter. Yeah, Hyperfocus is almost certainly overpriced at the moment for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's your best bet of the weekend? 
Um, there, there weren't that many that I was mad keen on. But, but just, I should just ask you, the, the other horse that I, that I was kind of interested in in the race we just talked about, yeah. what price is Kin Ross? Uh, Kin Ross is ooh, 12s. Yeah, no, that's, you know, I, as I said, I think a lot of these races are trappy and I want to be trying to find value in there. Kin Ross is interesting, a double-figure price. He's been racing over further um, but I just wonder whether um, seven furlongs might not end up uh, being his trip. Now, last time he ran at the at the trip, he ran badly, um, but he did travel strongly into it. Um, and Frankie Dettori on board is an interesting one as well. So I'd be, you know, I want to keep Ken Ross on side in that race as well at a price. Um, there was probably about one. Oh yeah, the only horse I was really keen on that we talked about was Boardman at um, at Chester. Yes. So I guess I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put him up as the. Uh, as the better of the weekend, because ground looks irrelevant to him. And ground's going to make a big difference to how I look at the Haydock card in the end. Um, but Boardman's won on, on good ground, and he's won on, on, on very testing ground this season already. So that shouldn't make a difference to him. Okay, so Boardman is currently your best price, 6-1. to one. Take it. Take it! As the Roy DeLarge best bet of the weekend um, strikes. But, um, yeah, Rory's not overly enthused about this weekend but that being said when you're being given a, a six to one shot that's the best bet from Rory Delargy you need to pay attention to that um, we'll also be able to read your content in the Irish field over the weekend uh, you will and hopefully by the time I, I pen that I'm feeling a little bit better as well so it may it may change my outlook towards the weekend's racing when you're feeling rotten you tend to you tend to struggle to to find all your enthusiasm so maybe by tomorrow that's show business baby you yep. just push on through and get the job done uh that's it so on monday rishi Posada's is here alongside kate tracy to review the weekend's action boom boom uh, but also to discuss some of the big stories in racing. Uh, we'll get Rishi's thoughts on the Derby and the Oaks as well. Um, obviously, Roy Delargy is here on Thursday as we preview Epsom and look ahead to the Oaks, Coronation Cup and Derby and, of course, the big supporting races. Rory loves a big field handicap. Uh, so we'll have that to discuss as well. And um, I think Kate Tracy's on that show too. And uh, we'll also be talking to one of the stars of Dream Horse, which is going to be in cinemas. I hope cinemas are open. Cinemas are open in, in the UK now, aren't they? Oh, everything's open here. Uh, you name it, it's open. We don't. We don't have pubs or cinemas open in Ireland. Yes, um, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We better be because Fast and Furious Nine is coming out soon. But more importantly, Dream Horse is coming out very soon. So we'll talk to one of the stars of that. And, it's uh, you the horse. Hear- Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, you'll hear it's yes I'm, I'm talking to Dream Alliance himself in the flesh uh, so we'll we'll talk to one of the stars of an all-star cast um, of that film uh, on Monday's final forum podcast uh, that's it Roy Delargy thank you so much for your insight for your company and looking forward to previewing and cracking open the Epsom puzzles with you next weekend pleasure and thank you listening to the Final Forum podcast uh, kind word on social media would be much appreciated five star rating on whatever podcast app it is that you're listening to uh, we will talk to you again very very soon enjoy your weekend 
Um, make sure you're taking advantage of Tote Plus at tote.co.uk, tote.e, the official Tote apps. And uh, I, I think we've got a, a patent in there if you really want it, but do not miss out on Rory's six to one nap because once the traders hear that Rory is napping that horse at six to one, that's going to disappear pretty quickly. Until Monday. Talk to you then. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Tote Plus at tote.co.uk.